Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. your Bibles, now's the time to take them out, whether that's in book form or app form, and turn and find your way to Acts chapter 10. Uh, that is right, it's just Acts chapter 10. We're going through a whole chapter today, so hang in here with me. I, I tried every way to think, how could I make this shorter and not use the whole passage, but it just didn't work out that way. And so I hope you'll lean in with me. It, the passage is long, but the points are short. Not that a deal? Uh, we'll, we'll go with it, uh, if you can trust me with that. Welcome to Holy Week. This is a day of hospitality. This is the day where Jesus marched into Jerusalem in all the symbols of peace and unity and was greeted by those who were shouting, Hosanna, highest praise to the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We know that there was a lot that transpired in that week, and so we want to encourage you to be here also on Good Friday. Good Friday is a very different service, and so I I just want you to know that. It is a time of silence. It is a time of remembering what Jesus was willing to do to show his love for the world. And it's important that we remember that. Otherwise, we move into a celebration of resurrection on Easter Sunday uh, without understanding the full cost. And so I want to encourage you to be here 7 o'clock on Friday. It is a beautiful and powerful service. And so I encourage you to be here. Kids are welcome in the service. If they make noise, it's okay. Um, That is totally fine. There were children, unfortunately, around the cross and making noise. And so if your kids want to come, if you want to come, but you don't have a place for your kids, bring them with you. It is such a, a powerful service. They may have some good questions to ask at the end. And so please be a part of this. And then next Sunday is just going to be awesome. You don't want to miss next Sunday. So plan to be here. But today is our series finale. Uh, and so we're going to wrap everything together. And today, as we talk about hospitality, I want you to understand how important this is. As we wrap all this together, series finales kind of tie up all the loose ends. And I believe that hospitality is what ties up all the loose ends when we're talking about a church that is leaning into growth. And we have been looking at this verse, asking God to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. We've been saying it every week, and so let's just continue our little tradition and let's say this out loud together today. Ready? One, two, three. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 
Good job. I hope some of you have committed that to memory. Uh, you've got that on a three by five card or you just continue to work on that. That is a powerful verse to have in your scriptural arsenal. You'll want to keep remembering that. But we are leaning into growth. We have been exploring what growth looks like for a church in today's day. And we have said that growth looks like generosity. <laughs> Response, outreach, worship, training, hospitality. We looked at generosity and we decided that we were going to go on an 18-month generosity journey where we are raising $100,000 in the next 18 months. And many of you have responded. Uh, and I am encouraged by what has been pledged, what has already been given, but most importantly by the amount of people who are participating. I think that is wonderful. We are nearing 50 different people or families that are participating, at least by saying that if God provides, we're going to participate. If God gives us an unexpected blessing, we're going to give some or all of that towards the generosity journey. And I just believe God is blessing us as we're saying yes and stepping forward into what he's calling us to give and to do. But then we looked at response, that we are a church that's called to respond to needs because we serve a God who responds to needs. That we are called to outreach because we serve a Jesus who went into all the worlds and and preached and, and did not regard equality with God as something to be used, as Paul beautifully read today, but emptied himself and became a servant. We are called to worship because we serve a God who loves us. And last week we looked at training, called to be trained and continue to grow in our knowledge and understanding of who God is and how we can share that. And today we tie all of that up with hospitality. But before we read our long passage, let me let you understand something about hospitality. I've been reading a book with a few guys uh, that, that deals with the book of Titus. And we were looking at, as, as Paul was saying to Titus, I want you to go and clean up this little church in Crete. And here's the kind of people I want you to put in charge. And as he was saying that, there were a lot of things that were, you know, they, they probably shouldn't be people like this. And then he goes to the do list. This is what this kind of leader should do. And the very first thing on the list was hospitality. I thought, that's interesting. And you know me, if you've been around here for a while, I wondered, what's the Greek word for hospitality? Because it seems interesting. I just, if, if Paul lists this first, what is that word? And the word for hospitality is philozenon. You want to say that with me, don't you? I know you do. Ready? One, two, three. Philozenon. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Philozenon. Let's say it one more time because God is so good and, and hospitable and we want to learn what it means to be hospitable people. Say it one, one more time. One, two, three. Philozenon. Now, Philozenon combines two other Greek words. And guess what? You get to learn those today too. Uh, aren't you glad? The first word is phileo. Say that one time with me. Ready? One, two, three. Phileo. And phileo means brotherly or friendship love. This is that word at the beginning of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Phileo. It means brotherly or the love between friends. Like, hey dude, love ya. You know, it's, it's that friendship kind of love. The second love is the word xenos. Let's say that together. Ready? One, two, three. 
Xenos. Now it's, it's Zen, but it's actually spelled with the letter that we use for X. And that means foreigner or other. So Xenos. You probably mostly hear that word Xenos in the word that we have in English, xenophobia. It is the same, the same word, the same Greek word, Xenos. So when it comes back to Philadelphia, we combine those two words. And what's our word? Say it together. One, two, three. Philizenon. And that word then means literally friend-like love for foreigners. And Paul said, when I want leaders in a church, the very first thing on the list is they need to be Philizenon. They need to be friend, people who show friend-like love to others, to foreigners, to those who are not like them. Philozenon is the opposite of xenophobia, which we have in our language today. Our xenophobic culture church needs a Philozenon committed church. Can I say that again? Our xenophobic culture needs a Philozenon committed church. This is important because if a church isn't intentionally hospitable, it will become unintentionally hostile. You need to write that down. That's why this is so important. This is why it's on the list. This is why we're starting off Holy Week talking about hospitality. Because if a church isn't intentionally hospitable, it will become unintentionally hostile to those who are not like them. And we don't want that because our culture needs a church who can be friends with those who aren't like them. Acts is the story. The Acts, we're, we're actually going to get around to Acts chapter 10. <laughs> Acts is the story of the Holy Spirit moving the tiny church in Jerusalem from xenophobia to philozenon. From moving them from afraid of the foreigners to friends of the foreigners. It is the story of the church running to catch up to the Holy Spirit's inclusion of others. You want to know what the book of Acts is all about? Here it is in a nutshell. It is the story of the church running to catch up to the Holy Spirit's inclusion of others. You can read it from the very beginning to the end. This is what is going on all the way along. To the point where by the end, it's about the others who have now been included being friends. Philozenon with the others who were a part of that little tiny church in Jerusalem. It's an amazing book. You'll want to read it. But we've got a lot to read today. And so this is Acts chapter 10. This is a great story about the Apostle Peter. And because it's so long, I'm going to have you just stay seated. Can everybody say amen? All right. But open your Bibles to Acts chapter 10. I hope you'll hear this Beautiful story. It is an incredible story, and I'll try and read it with all the emphasis I can to keep you engaged. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. 
One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now, send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened up and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped by the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. That's the word proskuneo. Do you remember? That is the word for worship. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Three days ago I was in my house praying at this hour, and three in the afternoon suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He's a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now, We are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then 
Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of the peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened through the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify testify about him, and everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised or the Jewish believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. When they asked Peter to stay with them for a few, then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. This is the word of God for the people of God, both here and online. And our response is, thanks be to God. I timed myself. That took six minutes. <laughs> Let's hope that the message can be ready and received in around that same time. This is a strange story for us today. We don't catch all the nuances. I was trying to think of a, a situation today where this would be a difficult one. And about the closest thing I could come to was to think about maybe being in one of the occupied areas of the Donbass region in Ukraine and having a Russian soldier approach a Ukrainian minister and invite them to come to the barracks to share what they knew about Jesus to the Russian soldiers there. That's probably about the closest we can get into this story of of what that might be like. Because you see, Jews and Gentiles did not associate with one another. They did not trust one another. Jews and Roman Gentiles in particular. You see, the Romans were the occupying force. They were the ones on whose cross Jesus died. This was a big ask for this to happen. And God had to work... In both the Roman and the Jew, Peter, in order to bring this about. Because the difference in this story than all the other stories between Romans and Jewish people is that the Holy Spirit was working to move them from xenophobia to philozenon. Remember our word. 
It's what the Holy Spirit is doing. It's what the Holy Spirit continues to do. And both of them had to have visions and dreams. And the Roman soldier even had an angel stand before him and give them direct instructions as to what they were to do in order for this xenophobic people groups to move towards Philizenon, to showing friendly love to one another. The Holy Spirit was the one who began to bring them together. And I believe that in this passage that we have read today, that there, there are seven habits that we can see of highly hospitable churches. Thank you, Stephen Covey. Seven habits of highly hospitable churches. I want to go through these pretty quickly, and so let's move into this. The first thing that we see is that a highly hospitable church welcomes all people as Christ would welcome people. And we see this back in verse 15, where the Spirit of the Lord says to Peter, the follower of Jesus, what God has made clean, you must not call impure. The Holy Spirit is reminding Peter that with the death and resurrection of Jesus, everything has changed. And now I need you to see in this vision, we may not have caught that, but when this vision of this sheet being let down with all of these animals that were in there, Birds, reptiles, all of these animals. These are unclean animals. And Jesus was telling Peter to take and eat. And he's resisting and saying no. And then he is reminded, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, everything has changed. And Peter, what God has made clean, you must not call impure. Peter was to love like Jesus. And Jesus was called a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Tax collectors were those who participated with those occupying Romans. They were traitors. And yet Jesus was accused and almost wore it as a badge of honor. As a friend of tax collectors and sinners. If you want to read that, you can read it in Luke chapter 7 verse 34. But the question today for us, church, is can that be said of us, of Cross Community Church? Are are we ever being accused of being friends with traitors and sinners, with those who don't look like us? Can that be said of us? I don't know. That's a question. Just I'm just setting rumors afloat in your subconscious. Number two. Highly hospitable churches expect outsiders to actually come in the doors of the church. We see this in verse 17. Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, and then the men were sent by Cornelius, found out where Simon's house was, and stopped at the gate. And then the voice told him, Simon, I have sent them. Go down and go with them. Church. Do we actually come in the doors on Sunday expecting new people to be here? And maybe more than that, do you, do I, do we look for new people each week as we come in the doors? To be a church that is philozenon, that is showing brotherly love to the foreigner, to the outsider, 
means that we need to wake up or we need to start praying that we will wake up on Sunday mornings with the opportunity and the expectation that God is going to send somebody new through the doors of the church. And that is amazing. And I want to be ready. And I want to be the one to get to say hello to them. I want to be the one to show them around. I'm excited. This is what God's doing. He's expanding everything. He's changing everything. And I get to be a part of it. Is that us, church? Are we a church of Philozenon? Or are we still a church of xenophobia? A highly hospitable church expects new people to come. I want to tell you a story about Pastor Joe Knight. Joe Knight was the pastor at Grand Rapids International Fellowship Church of the Nazarene. And it used to be the old Grand Rapids First Church of the Nazarene. But the community changed around them and they stayed. And they began to realize they had a lot of people from other countries that were coming into the area. That's why they changed their name to Grand Rapids International Fellowship. And they have lots of different languages spoken in this church. And they teach, you know, how to be, you know, how to do American things. That's one of their classes. It's not spiritual. It's not, it's just basic things. Like, how do you do things here in America? How can you begin to blend in here? And at the end of these classes, every time, Pastor Joe just offers and says, the next week we don't have classes, but if you're interested in hearing about Jesus, I would love to share with you. And then he would just wait. And then when it was time, he would come out of his office and he would see who was there. Well, one time, Pastor Joe did all of that. And when the time came, he got up from behind his desk and he went out into the lobby and there were three Muslim imams sitting in the lobby. Joe said, I should have been like Peter. I should have expected it. But here they were. And was I ready Was I expecting that if I opened the doors, if I offered to share, that God might send to me someone I might not be expecting? Number three, we've got to move on. Number three, a highly hospitable church lets go of what is comfortable. We see this in in verse 23. Peter invited them in. Remember what I told you about what this would be like for Romans. And one of them was a soldier, probably had a sword strapped to his hip. And yet Peter, realizing what the Holy Spirit was doing, invited them into the home. And the next day he went with them. Highly hospitable churches, we we have to, we have to let go of what is comfortable. If we're going to truly allow the Holy Spirit to move us and shape us into a church of Philozenon. This is important, folks. And Pastor Joe did just that. He said they were there. They were in their full regalia. They looked very dressed up. And he just was able to say, welcome. Come into my office. And the three of them came in and they sat in the three chairs And they were ready. Pastor Joe did what is highly hospitable for a church to do. God had sent them. He welcomed them in. What about us, church? 
in our readiness for God to send someone new, are we willing to be uncomfortable for a while? Will we invite people to sit with us in the pew next to us? If you see someone that you don't know or they look lost, are you willing to help them? Are you willing to go with them? Not just be friendly to them on Sunday morning, but get to know them. Invite them to be a part of your life. Are you ready? This is important if we are going to be a church that is involved in growth. God may just need you to invite someone to sit with you and to begin to do life with them. It is so important. Number four, a highly hospitable church understands the outside culture and gently corrects. Verses 25 and 26, we see that Cornelius falls down and worships Peter. Peter would have to know that in Roman culture, when God sends an angel or a holy messenger to tell you to go to someone, that person's probably a holy person. In Roman culture, it might even be a God in human form. And so you want to do whatever. He was just being a part of his own culture. And so Peter understands the culture around him and gently, hey, hey, oh, it's okay, get up. I'm just a guy. I'm just a man. I understand what what you might be thinking, but I am just Peter. I am just a human flesh and blood person. Why am I mentioning this? Because I I think that we need to again hear the prayer of St. Francis and ask ourselves, are we willing to understand before we are understood? Are we willing to understand that the, the world outside of us operates from a different standpoint. Are we able to articulate that and understand that? And are we willing to be compassionate on those who come in and may not know what we, how we do things here, what we do? And are we willing to just understand where they are before we talk about being understood? This is hard, folks. Are are you with me? I'm just going to pause here. I just want to acknowledge this is hard work. And this takes the Holy Spirit at work within us in order to do this. This is important work, though. Are we willing to be uncomfortable in order to let the Holy Spirit do the work on the person we've been expecting to come in the door and receive just like Christ? Are we ready? Number five, a highly hospitable church commits to conversation before sharing convictions. Let me say that again. Write this down in the right order. A highly hospitable church commits to conversation before sharing convictions. You can read that. I'm not going to read again uh, verses 29 all the way through 43. But Peter starts by asking Cornelius to share before he does. I mean, he was Peter. He was the one who was with Jesus all the way. He was the one who gave the great message at Pentecost Sunday. And thousands were turned to Jesus. And yet, when he comes in to this Roman's house and sees his family and friends gathered together, he doesn't say, well, I'm the preacher here. They're expecting me. No. 
he starts by acknowledging, this is, this is difficult. You took a risk. I'm taking a risk. Tell me why you, why you brought me here. He lets them start. He takes the second position. He takes the one down position. He, he allows them to share why all of this is taking place. He honors them. He's willing to start a conversation before he shares his convictions. Pastor Joe did the same thing. As those three imams, imams sat on the opposite side of the desk from him, he simply said, Why have you come today? And they simply said, We heard you were going to talk about Jesus, and we wanted to listen. That's a pretty good reason to come, right? He was like, I'm so glad. But he started with the conversation just like Peter did. Peter does get around to sharing his convictions. It's a short message, but he shares the good news of what God has done for the world in Jesus. But he starts with conversation first. What he is saying in this is that the relationship with the person you're speaking to is as important as the message you are called to speak to them. Sometimes, church, I think we forget this. And we want to rush to our convictions and make sure everybody knows what our convictions are. And if you don't have these same convictions, then maybe you shouldn't come in the door. And that is backwards from the work of the Holy Spirit. That we are called to begin the conversations. Oh, we know our convictions. Oh, we're able to articulate them and share them. But we start with the relationship first because we are friends of the other. We are friendly to those who are not like us. We are, what's our word? Philozenon. We are Philozenon. This is important. And Pastor Joe was able to walk these three imams through what we believe as Christians. He shared from his heart. He shared what little he knew of their culture and what their book, the Quran, says about Jesus. And he shared as briefly and as, 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 as succinctly as he could. And they just listened. They listened and they listened and they listened. He kept pausing for questions, but they just kept listening. They were ready to receive the message. Number six, highly hospitable churches wait for the Holy Spirit to do the changing. That's hard because we want to see it happen. Boom. Okay, I shared it. Come on down. Receive Jesus. Everything's changed. Now you look like me and I don't have to feel uncomfortable anymore. Remember, if we're going to be a truly, highly hospitable church, we're called to sit in the uncomfortableness and let the Holy Spirit make it even more uncomfortable in order for others to see his work happen in them. The Bible says in verse 44, while the while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the message. So it really wasn't Peter's incredible delivery. He didn't tell three jokes and and then hit him with the truth and, and then everything fell. He didn't give an altar call. He was still in the midst of speaking and the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard his message. 
It means that it wasn't the messenger who brought about the change. It was the Holy Spirit in the message that brings about the change. Jeff McVeigh has never brought a convert to Jesus Christ. I have never converted anyone to Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has occasionally used the message that I studied for and presented to bring someone to place their trust in Jesus. But it wasn't because of the messenger. It was because of the message. And that's important. And I pray to God I never forget that. It's all about the message. And if the Holy Spirit wants to fall on people right now, and I haven't even finished, I've got one more point, then Holy Spirit, come and move. Because it's about the message, not the messenger. I hope that puts you at ease as well. If you're ever asked a question about your faith, to remember, it's the message, not you. And so we should be able to share our convictions, what we believe in. Pastor Joe is still waiting to see what the Holy Spirit would do in those three imams. But he shared at the end that the main person took off their, whatever they were wearing on their head. And as a sign of respect, looked at him. He said with a tear in his eye, said, thank you, Pastor Joe. No one has ever taken the time to share to me what Christians really believe. He put on his hat. The three of them got up and they left. Pastor Joe was still waiting. But he was highly hospitable in believing that he should welcome everyone as Christ. That he should expect people to come. That he should be able to to let go of what makes him comfortable in order to share the message. That he should begin with conversation, not just his convictions. And then he should wait for the Holy Spirit to bring the change. It's in God's hands, not his, not mine, not yours. Ours is a call to change. And lastly... The last thing that highly hospitable churches do is that they celebrate conversions. And that's what we see in verses 47 and 48. Peter sees that the the change has happened in them. And the Jewish believers are flabbergasted that these, these Gentiles, these Romans, are having the same experience of the Holy Spirit that they did. And Peter says, well, we ought to celebrate. We ought to baptize people. Bring in the water. Let's do it. God has done something here. And let's celebrate it. Folks, I pray that we as a church will begin to have more and more of these celebrations as we move on, as we believe and lean into the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than all we could ask or imagine through His power that is at work in you all so that we can be a church that glorifies Christ Jesus throughout all generations. That's what we're called into. That's why on Palm Sunday to begin Holy Week, we're talking about how we are called to be a hospitable church. And it is time, my friends. It is time for us to become this highly hospitable church. And that means we have to let the Holy Spirit ask us, are we willing to let the Holy Spirit change us? 
Let's make it more personal. Are you willing to let the Holy Spirit change you into a person who is philozenon, who can show love, brotherly, friendly love to someone who is not like you? Are you willing to enter into all of these habits? Let him lead you and guide you. I hope so. This summer, I mentioned this briefly a couple weeks ago, this summer, the church is sending me on a sabbatical. I'm going to be gone for most of the summer. But remember, it's not about me. It's about the message. And we've lined up some incredible messengers for you to continue hearing the message But I just believe that it would be just like God that while I am gone, while I am with my family on sabbatical, God dumps a whole lot of people right here on us. And we need to be ready to welcome them as if they were Christ. We need to be a people who is willing to be uncomfortable. We need to be people who wake up every Sunday saying, God is going to send another person in the door today or another group of people in the door. And I want to be ready for it. I want to be a part of the welcoming crew. I don't care how uncomfortable I am. I want to learn to to begin those conversations, and maybe, just maybe, I'll be able to share my convictions. I want to lean into, I want to be a highly hospitable person and church. Are we ready? You may be asking, when's he going to finish this sermon? How can we participate in hospitality here today in this church? I want you to know there are a few ways. We need greeting teams. We need greeting teams in person and online. We need people who are willing to be here to open doors. I I would love if we had people in the parking lot because I believe sometime soon we're going to need people who are out there guiding people where to park. And we need people who are willing to help move people even in the winter months, which are hopefully going away, praise the Lord. To help people get in the doors. We need people at the doors ready. We need people in the lobby who are ready to welcome and show that we are a highly hospitable congregation. We need welcome center teams. We have a welcome center here. And we have some folks who are participating in that. But we could always use some more because people get sick. People go on vacation. There are all kinds of things along those lines. If you are willing to be a part of the welcome center team, hang on just a second. We need check-in teams. We've got a beautiful check-in system here. And some of the greatest greeting you could do is checking in kids on computer and slapping a sticker on their back so that they can go on into children's church. That's an incredible way for you to be a part of it. And we could use more people to to learn that and be a part of that. We need people on the farewell teams. This is like reverse greeting. You're the ones in the the lobby that as people are going, you're like, thanks for coming. I'm so glad to hear you. I didn't meet you. What's your name? I want to get to know you. We need people a part of the farewell team. And so you can be a part of that. We need knowledgeable attenders. So if you haven't found a place to serve yet, here's your everybody in. Do you know where the bathrooms are? Do you know that there are changing stations in both bathrooms? 
Do you know where the kids check in? And can you walk somebody there? Do you know who the pastor is? And can you introduce them to him or her? Whoever it may be. This is a part of becoming a highly hospitable congregation, my friends. And today, I need you, we need you to sign up. You can do that through your Connect card. There are yellow cards all in your pews. You can just stick them in the, in the offering post as you go. I need you to email info at c3naz or .c3naz at gmail.com. Say, I want to be on one of those teams. Help me be a part of this. Let's be ready, folks. Let's be ready. Because I just believe that God is about to give visions and dreams to people who long and wonder and decide to show up to Cross Community Church. And we need to be ready. Are you? Let's stand for prayer. Lord Jesus, come and move in us right now. Remind us of our call is not just to sit on a pew, but to move truly by the Spirit's power and to be a, being a congregation that is philozenon, that is friendly and brotherly and sisterly and welcoming of those who are not like us. Help us to be ready. And I pray that you will lay it on our hearts right now that I'm at the bare minimum going to be a knowledgeable attender. And if there are things I don't know in this church, I want to know so that I can help someone. I want there to be a burden on my heart for someone to sit next to me to begin a conversation. And I know that some of my brothers and sisters, quite a few of them, might be introverts. So Holy Spirit, do the work. Not to turn, change them into intro, to extroverts, but just in their weakness to show your strength. And I pray that as you send people in, we will see, like Peter did, your Holy Spirit fall so that we can begin to celebrate the ways that you are changing and converting people because we truly believe that because of Jesus' death and resurrection, everything has changed and everything can change. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. Would you receive this blessing as you go? And now, may you, my brothers and sisters, begin to see xenophobia melt away from your hard heart. And may it be replaced with philozenon. Love for others. I pray that you will wake up next Sunday expecting for someone to be here and you want to be the person to welcome them. I pray that we would begin to experience the joy of seeing the celebration of what the Holy Spirit does as we welcome others to be among us. I pray this in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in his name. Thank you for joining us online. Have a great week. 
See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.